Happy Birthday Tuesday, everybody. I'm Ashley Powers. And I'm Caroline King. And you're listening to Bitch Beer. If you recall, three episodes ago, we had an awesome interview with Ben Crawford, actor and current Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, about the Broadway Brews Project. This project brings together a current cast of a Broadway show and a brewery. Then they create a beer based on the show, and that beer raises money for a charity. Broadway Brews Project was created by the Happy Hour Guys, a show that began 12 years ago and has been going strong thanks to the efforts of co-hosts Mark Aldrich and Jimmy Ludwig. Mark and Jimmy were kind enough to sit down with us and talk about how they started, more about Broadway Brews Project and the other beers in the six-pack, and advice on finding longevity in this crazy craft entertainment scene. Mark and Jimmy from the Happy Hour, guys. How are y'all doing today? We're doing great. Thank you so much for having us. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on. We definitely um, wanted to talk to you guys because we found out about your project, the Broadway Brews Project, and that's how we found out about you guys. So can y'all kind of go into a little bit of your background and then talk about the Broadway Brews Project? Mark, you start. (laughs) Uh, Well, we've been at it as the Happy Hour guys for... Uh, 10 years now. Wow. Um, yeah. We're, we're, ah! <laughs> we're, uh, we're both Broadway actors and we met doing a show and realized that we had a common love of uh, bar culture, you know, pub culture and history. And it was sort of the, the beginning of the craft beer revolution. And so we, we sort of slid into sideways into that as well and, uh, and suddenly found ourselves smack in the middle of it. And we've been producing... Uh, videos uh, visiting breweries and historic bars and distilleries around the country ever since. We've got over 350 episodes. And uh, just a couple of years ago, we uh, came up with the idea for the Broadway Brews Project, which I will let Jimmy fill you in. Yeah. So, yeah, we, um, you know, we we met as actors and then we had our our sort of craft lives, our beer lives. It came down to, we're beer heavy, I would say, on the, on the, the show, but we definitely have hit craft wine, mead. We shot a maple syrup producer once. I mean, you know, all oh, wow. kinds of things. Wow. So, uh, <clears throat> full disclosure, it's my dad. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, we always had this feeling of like it's so weird that our our craft lives and our Broadway lives were in completely different bubbles, and the Venn diagram never came together. And we kept thinking there has to be a way, there has to be a way. And we, it, we sort of bounced it off each other for years. And there was always something missing. And I was doing an out-of-town job in St. Louis. And I was out running. I'm a runner. I uh, just ran the New York City Marathon again for oh, the seventh time. Congrats. And, um, thank you. And, uh, and it just hit me. And I, like, stopped in the middle of a back road outside of St. Louis and was like, charity. So what we... What brought the whole thing together was not just actors brewing, you know, Broadway actors brewing but it was Broadway actors brewing for charity because as you guys know, the craft industry is so charity focused and there are so many uh, charitable brews out there, beers that make money for so many different causes. And that's what sort of brought it all home with the Broadway Brews Project. And then we started pitching it. And this was in 2016, late 2016, well, like mid 2016. And towards the end of that, summer uh we had our first yes and that was hamilton so we kind of hit it out of the park oh my gosh <laughs> on, on the first beer so the first brew was a a, a rye saison that the cast of hamilton brewed with Dunhill brewing which is here in the bronx oh wow and and then uh, and, and incidentally that beer just won a bronze at gabf holy but that that's is awesome huge <laughs> yeah. congrats oh so my we have gosh. 
not only is the Broadway Bruce project just, you know, so important to the Broadway community, but now it's all of a sudden becoming important to the craft community right, as yeah. well because we have medal winners kind of across the board. Um, and most of the beers that have been brewed have been kind of ridiculously, kind of ridiculously popular. Um, two, so this is our, the Hamilton beer was our first. Mm -hmm. Uh, the next two, I'll let Mark tell you about those. Yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, uh, our second beer was with School of Rock. Yes. Uh, and uh, we, we brewed a, a black IPA with Carton Brewing right across the, uh, the water in New Jersey. Um, this big sort of in-your-face rock and roll style black IPA, which <laughs> completely suited the show and the brewery. And... Um, in one of those sort of moments of kismet, we, we had no idea when we approached uh, Augie Carton at Carton Brewing. Um, That's right. We'd known previously. Uh, he, in an earlier life, he actually worked on, uh, on films. And he was one of the ADs on the film School of Rock. So, wow! Yeah, nice. No that is so amazing. <laughs> yeah, we had absolutely no idea when we approached him. And, uh, and obviously it, it went incredibly well that he loved the cast and vice versa. And the beer was a, a huge hit. He even made, uh, because there are so many kids in the show, he even made a, uh, uh, a seltzer. Uh, for the for the kids in the show. Oh, that um, is so cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was really really well received. And I'll let Jimmy tell you about beer number three. Yes. One addendum to that was that uh, that beer, School of Hops, was the title of the beer. Oh my gosh. Um, School of Hops was one of the most popular beers he's ever released at his brewery. It's wow. sold out within. They usually sell out within a week. I think it's sold out by Wednesday or Thursday. Wow. Um, and uh, he hasn't brewed it since. <laughs> but that's Barry Carton. He's one of these guys who's got, you know, in the back of his head, he's got 60 beers he wants to make, and they're all different. And he, he doesn't, he has his couple of flagships that he brews offsite. And then with his equipment on site, he does all of this crazy stuff. And he's, we've been begging him to brew it again. And we're making progress centimeter by centimeter, but we're hoping to get it brewed again at some point. I would love so to try it. Beer, it sounds so good. Uh, I have one can left. Yeah, I have one can left, but the hop character is probably gone by now. It's probably, you know, something entirely different than when it was canned. <laughs> um, so the, the third beer uh, was with the Broadway show Waitress, uh, which I don't know if you guys know the movie or know the oh, show yeah. itself. So, um, so it's about, you know, this, this waitress who is uh, stuck in this loveless marriage and uh, she's pregnant and um, everything that comes from that. And I have this interesting connection with uh, the woman who wrote and directed the original film wow. because I had worked with her, uh, uh, Adrienne Shelley, prior to her very tragic death. I don't know if you guys know this, but she I was, did not know she that. was, yeah, she, so the, the film Waitress premiered uh, at um, Sundance and it was an instant mega hit. Everybody was, you know, it was this huge hit. Everybody was in love with it and in love with her. And her star was very much, as a director and writer, was very much on the ascendant. Um, and not long after that, m a month or two, she was murdered um, in a very tragic, strange way here in the city. I'll leave the story for people who are interested to research it, but it was a really horrible thing. And, um, but out of it came the Adrian Shelley Foundation, which is wow. a foundation that, that her husband started that now supports women filmmakers. Wow. That is incredible. Um, and yeah, at all levels of that industry. And so it was a unanimous choice with the cast that must be the focus of this beer in terms of fundraising. So uh, with Six Point Brewing out in Red Hook, 
we brewed a sour cherry cream ale. <gasps> That, that pairs really, really good, really beautifully with pie. Yeah, <laughs> you imagine. <laughs> We've tested this on multiple occasions. <laughs> um, and uh, and it, that was also a huge success, and a bunch of money was made for, for Adrian Shelley, the Adrian Shelley Foundation. That's beautiful. Um, and we are now officially two-thirds of the way through to our goal, which is the Broadway six-pack. So beer number four is just completed, and Mark is going to tell you about number four. Nice. Number four uh, actually was with Phantom of the Opera. Woo! <laughs> um, yeah, on, on their 30th anniversary, nice. I believe. Um, and we brewed a, uh, a black lager with um, Hardywood Craft Brewing out of Richmond, Virginia, which the Hardywood found out about the Broadway Brews Project, and uh, they were so excited that they approached us to want to be a part of it. We had never wow. gone outside the New York, greater New York area before, um, but they were so passionate and so convincing that we decided we had to take the leap and, and find a way to make it happen. So we actually took members of the cast after their show uh, and put them on a train with Jimmy while I drove down with, with some more equipment and, uh, and met in Richmond on their day off and they had a full day of, uh, of visiting the brewery, making the beer, getting to know the brewers. Um, and then they took us out for a, a lovely dinner afterwards in, in Richmond, Virginia, which is a huge bustling center of craft beer. That's awesome. And amazing food right now. I mean, there's just such incredible stuff going on there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and we released that in, wow, was that July now already? <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, the yep. beer was called Pint of No Return. Mm -hmm. uh, um, and the charity uh, is another great, great charity called Musicians on Call, which uh, sends uh, musicians and singers out uh, into hospitals to visit and play for patients who are not able to get out and, uh, and hear music for themselves any other way. And it's a wonderful organization that, that reaches all across the country. And uh, we're, we're really excited to, uh, to partner with them. They've been great as well. So. The beer is fantastic, and uh, and that one is is still available in the New York area if you can if you're lucky enough to find any cans of it. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. they sent us a can of it. It's so good. It was delicious. It's yeah. so it's good. Yeah. And how about the design of the can? Isn't it's it? so pretty. We'll uh, we'll post a picture of the can. Actually, I'm sure we we already have a picture of it. But yeah, I saved a can anyways because it's special. Yes. It's so yeah. pretty. But like the yeah. Yeah. the black lager is just. I did not think I would like it, but it was delicious. Yeah. It was so good. And I'm yeah. sure as you guys already know, we were fortunate enough to interview Ben Crawford, who's the current Phantom right now. Yeah, that's right. And that's right. Uh, he, the way he was describing the beer, he was like, it's the duality of the Phantom <laughs> because when you get a lager, you expect it to be like yellow and heady and for it to be this black, you think it tastes like a stout, but it doesn't. We were like, you've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> He's a big beer fan. Yeah, beer he fan. is. Yeah. And, and, and believe it or not, those were all points that were brought up in the discussion about what the style should be and what the beer should be and how to represent the show and wow. and the, the the wizards down at hardywood actually turned it into a real live beer so yeah it was, it was pretty spectacular and that's one of the really fun parts of this project is we get the cast together we get the brewers together and these they really have no idea what the other does unless somebody in the cast is lucky enough to be a big beer fan or a home brewer which is kind of rare but right. it happens but to have the cast say, well, we see the show this way, and so we see the beer this way, and the brewers kind of go, huh, okay, well, we could do this, 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 and this. Um, 
and to watch that occur. And so that's the, the first episode. Each, each brew is a three episode arc, right? So there's, there's meet the team where they get together and do this, plan the beer. And then there's brew day where they actually go to on site and, you know, throw hops in the tank and, you know, full spent drain out, all that kind of stuff. And then there's the release party where they get to taste what they drank. That's so awesome. watching that evolution for the fourth time now has just been really, really cool. And two more to go. I was going to say, can we get any hints, even if it's flavor profile or like give us a line from the show and those who know it can guess? <laughs> or... um, well, the, Mark, go ahead. I was just going to say, we can't give any hints because we don't know anything yet. Oh, okay. It's still a work in progress. Um, yeah. we, we, have, we have some ideas of where we might go, but... Uh, but yeah, we can't, there's actually nothing to tell yet. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's awesome. We have some ideas in terms of the, it's a, the process of, of getting one of the, one of the things about the whole Broadway Bruce project that was very revealing to us is with our old, you know, with our old show, with our actual show, the happy hour guys, our regular show, it's the logistics are so easy. It's just the two of us. We select a place we want to shoot. We get permission. We show up, we shoot, we leave, we do some editing and then it, and then the episode's up. The logistics on this are mind-numbingly complex <laughs> sure. because you know you're dealing with with the broadway cast for one thing taking care of them making sure they're okay you know they're taking usually their day off or days off to do this with us and days off are precious in our industry very precious only get one a week you know so um i mean the, the day <laughs> the day we took the phantom cast to virginia they had had a, a uh, an evening show the night before. So they basically worked until, you know, got home, went to bed around midnight and then got up 5.30 and we put them on a train at seven. Wow. You know, and, and they they went ahead and did it. We were kind of blown away by that. It was really, really special. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a big undertaking. So that's why the next two are still in the figuring it out phase. We have a list of candidates that we think we really want to do the final couple beers with, but um, there's a lot of communication that has to happen before we get final sign off from all the rights holders, right. you know, cause it's, as you guys know, the alcohol, this, this, this country is weird about alcohol. Yep. So weird. You know? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, we, we have multiple friends that are in shows that are owned and run by a large entertainment conglomerate. I won't say the actual name, but it, it rhymes with Schmizny. Yeah. Um, oh. And, yeah. you know, they're, <laughs> they may be very, very into the idea of a Broadway brew and their company manager may be very, very into the idea and everybody on the show side, but then they run it up the corporate flagpole and it gets like one stop and they go, nope, absolutely not. Wow. So, and there are, know, and there are actually even individual producers who have strong feelings about not even just alcohol, but selling things in their theater or, you know, what they want to represent their show. And it, it really is a maze of, of personalities that we have to negotiate to get it to the finish line. But, um, but we, we were blown away by the fact that there are Broadway producers out there that given the, the profit margin on concessions in theaters, I mean, as you <laughs> might imagine, it's high, yeah. it's very high. It's in the realm of, you know, one to 500%. Right. Uh, there are some producers that hate concessions. They just hate it. They don't want it in the theater. They don't, you know, that doesn't mean they don't do it. You know yeah. what I mean? They're still selling stuff. <laughs> just the idea of messing with that formula is, is it's just anathema to them. They don't like it at all. Wow. So, which was very revealing to us because we were like, here's this awesome thing we made. You like it, right? And they're like, no. <laughs> what? What? Well, so, they, but they're, they're very stuck in their ways. They've been doing things exactly the same way for decade upon decade upon decade. Mm -hmm. And 
anything that changes their their pattern is terrifying for them. So and it's a closed uh, market. You know yeah. what I mean? The the concessions game is, is there's no competition, right? Right. They the theater is a it's four walls and there's nowhere else to go to get something to drink. You got to do it there, so you have to do it their way or nowhere. Oh uh, and that so that was really revealing to us too. It's like here here's this thing that you could sell, and some have said yes, and some have been meh. But uh, you know, some of them are like, oh my god, here's the thing that I could mark up another hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> And, and not only that, but like at, at Hamilton, when the cans finally landed at the bar at Hamilton, we had this wonderful thing that we didn't even think about is that patrons were drinking the beer during the show and then coming up after the show and asking for the empty can because it's merch. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's merchandise. Like, yeah. could I have that? It's so, it's, it's so beautiful and it's such a great souvenir. And they were like, uh, sure, here you go. You know, so that's sort of become a part of the whole thing, which has really been fun. Yeah. That's so many, that's so interesting. And there's so many different levels to it too, that I wouldn't have thought of. So like coming across everything, like as you go, had to have been like really interesting too. <laughs> that, that's, that's one, one word, word for it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We were, we were unprepared. Also, we were unprepared for, um, we had a, the whole Hamilton experience was very, you know, we, we couldn't have done better really the first time out just because it was such a hot show and we got press uh, from places we'd never gotten press before from wow. our, for our show. Uh, Rolling Stone did a big article on us, a big video wow. thing on us. Um, yeah, I mean, so, you know, Rolling Stone covering a beer show, covering a beer thing. That is um, so cool. Yeah, it was really fun. But it was also uh, when we went on to the next, we went on to School of Rock, we thought, oh, this is just going to continue. Here we go. <laughs> no, it, um, it's, there is only so, one Hamilton. That's There's very only true. One Hamilton. The other thing we were unprepared for was how, uh, you know, even if, and I don't want to say this disparagingly, but even if the charity has the best of intentions, uh, some charities are staffed up to handle something like this, and some simply are not. Some just, mm. you know, they, they run a skeleton crew running the actual charity. There's no extra staff time to handle something like this. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll just tell you one quick story. We had one <laughs> release, one release party around the season where uh, we realized about we basically the charity, we, the, the business model of this is that the charities would help us shoulder some of the expense of the release party because mm -hmm. it's, it's a party. We're putting on a party for a couple hundred people or maybe a hundred people and yeah. not a small expense. And we are a shoestring budget. You know, we basically use our theater careers to finance our television show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is bizarre, but we realized about halfway through this release party, which we were funding ourselves because the charity was like, we can't, we can't do anything for you. Um, that they were using the release party as their office Christmas party. Like that's how uh, sort of hard up they were. Like they didn't have a budget for an office Christmas party. So they saw what we were doing and they're like, that'll be the Christmas party. Oh, that'll be good. Oh, you know, so that's been, we've, we've actually, uh, this last year, had to start a GoFundMe to get us through the final stretch of the six-pack because the, the budgetary constraints on us were so yeah. high. And we, were running out of, we were running out of money. Yeah. Make sure we, you we just, send us the link so that we can share that with everybody. Well, yeah, please. It's, it's probably not going to be necessary now just because oh. Mark, has, Mark has a little news <gasps> that he'd like to share please, with you. Yes, please. yes, yes. What's my news? <laughs> no, oh no. Maybe, maybe the fact that that budget-wise, the next couple episodes are there's going to be some help there. Oh, I'll let you. I'll let you. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was like, which news is he talking about? <laughs> there's, been a, there's been a lot of news recently. Um, so uh, I can't, we can't give you the details of this. On sure. Will once, once everything goes wide, but it hasn't gone wide yet. But uh, the Broadway Bruce Project has been picked up by a major streaming service. Oh, um, that is so cool. And it looks like it's the beginning of a relationship that's going to take the Happy Hour guys past the Broadway Bruce Project into whatever else um, they want to produce with us. But they have they have licensed the episodes uh, that we've already shot for a small fee. It's kind of pennies on the dollar. But they've also committed to providing us with a budget to shoot the final two brews. That's fantastic. Oh, Congratulations, you guys. Congratulations. Yeah. That is huge. Yeah. That is so exciting. It is. It took a long time for that to come around for us. I mean, because of the fact that we've been produ producing this basically out of our own pocket for a decade. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's exciting that you know we finally met a, a streaming service that kind of gets it because we've had plenty of drive-bys with others that don't. Right. Yeah. Just didn't. Yeah. The number of pitch meetings we've had where they they have us walk into their office and say, "We love your show. This is how we want to change it." Mm. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, but, but yeah, these folks, these folks get it and, uh, we're excited. Yeah. That's awesome. Congrats. Definitely. And once it, once it goes, once the release goes wide, we'll, you'll, you guys will want to be in on that because there's probably, there's probably some fun add on stuff that you can do with us yeah. with that. So we would love we'll that. Love that. <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. We'll let you know. Awesome. Yeah. Cause we definitely sympathize with that. Cause I mean, this is our first year and we're, everything's out of pocket, you know, anything we do, any places we go, any traveling and it's, it, it adds up. It really adds up. It's expensive to drink beer for fun and for work. <laughs> but there's a, I mean, we found this and I'm sure you guys are finding it too. That there's such a, there's such satisfaction in, in being a maker you yeah. know what I mean? in creating content as opposed to, and having a, I mean, we are now in a position where, you know, like Mark said, when we started producing the show, it wasn't the beginning of the craft beer revolution. I mean, Colorado and California had been going and going, but as far as the East Coast goes, mm -hmm. it was the beginning. I mean, yeah. it really wasn't happening here yet um, in the early 2000s when we, when we sort of got off the ground. And so we know everybody, mm -hmm. you know, we've sort of been there and now we have relationships with this entire industry in a way that we're kind of shocked by, you know, um, I had a, a friend of mine who's a beverage director at a very shishi restaurant here in town come to me the other day and say, I need a hand. Can you connect me with these breweries? And I said, are you kidding me? You, you run a restaurant that does the kind of business that distributors would kill for. You have more power than I do. He's like, yeah, but I don't have any relationships with these people. Wow. You know? And, and I'm sure what, what, what you've discovered as well is, is the craft beer community is just so welcoming and open to, to new faces and fresh ideas, and they're excited to talk about what they do and to share it with people who love it. And uh, I think m almost more than anything, that's one of the things that keeps us going is that the, every every time we meet new people, we're, we're just so impressed by them and what they do and their passion that we, we want to tell their story. So, yeah. The and risks they take. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. And there's a lot going on, especially down here in Atlanta, because I feel like we kind of oh, came yeah. like right when Atlanta started taking off because the beer laws changed here. Yeah. So the That's right. And uh, so the actual tap rooms, they can be a tap room and be a bar. You can go there. You don't have to buy like a brewery tour. So yeah. um, the amount of people that we've been introduced to and just the amazing people that are involved in the beer scene here. It's been really incredible. Mm -hmm. it, exactly. Like you said, everybody's so welcoming yeah. and wants yeah. to show you what they're doing. 
one of the things we would really love for the one of the final two brews, um, we've also sort of kind of started looking at breweries that we might want to work with with those last two beers. We'd really love uh, for one of the shows. I'll just let you let you know that one of the shows under consideration we have further to go with them is Mean Girls, wow. which is you know the whole on oh on whatever yes. on Fridays we wear pink. Or yes, on we wear pink. But we would love it if the brewer was a member of the Pink Boots Society. Oh, That'd I was just about to of, say Pink Boots Society. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that so would be, could be so a whole, cool. There'd be a whole angle there, but who knows? I mean, again, it, this is all right. <laughs> we don't know where, where we are until we're there with this project. Right. Yeah. Kind of nuts that way. Well, I feel like that's a good segue of if you don't know where, uh, where you are or where you're going, where did you come from and how did you get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mark? Um, well, Jimmy and I actually met uh, doing a production of 1776 at uh, Ford's Theater in Washington, D.C. Wow. Yes, that, that Ford's Theater. Um, and uh, and we were, we're both New Yorkers, and, and our paths continued to cross. We became friends, obviously. Nice. And, um, and then our, our careers took us to all four corners of the, the country, and every time we traveled, we would explore what the local craft community was and use it as a launching pad for our show until the show sort of gained its own steam and took care of itself a little bit more, which happily is now the case. But, um, but yeah, for, for years, our acting jobs, uh, led our television show. <laughs> that was our, tra- that was our travel budget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, basically. And, and I, uh, I have and to give, I have to give a lot of kudos to Mark just because, you know, he back in that time was a big Anthony Bourdain fan. God rest him. Uh, um, and uh, I really didn't know Anthony Bourdain. And because of Mark, I started watching the show and sort of got where, and Mark was the one who said, I think there's a show here. And I said, okay, I just, and I had at that point had just started my film company and it was kind of kismet in terms of us pushing that, that envelope forward. And then I started, I'm a pusher. <laughs> so I started pushing. I was like, no, let's shoot. I let's know shoot nothing it. about that. Let's, you know, let's, I'm the let's, pusher. Let's do this. You know, let's, let's shoot the, ep- let's, so what we did was we shot a pilot at um, McSorley's in uh, New York, down in down in the village. I don't know if you know McSorley's, McSorley's old ale house, but it is wow. possibly the oldest bar still continuously serving in the United States. Wow, that um, is amazing. Yeah, uh, supposedly Abraham Lincoln gave a speech at Cooper Union two blocks away and then walked down the street and walked into McSorley's and had a beer. That is amazing. Yeah. And you said it's that was your first, your first episode was there? Yeah. That was our pilot. Yes. That, that, what a great pilot. pilot. What an amazing pilot. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. But the irony is that we shot the pilot and thought, okay, you know, we'll put it up and then whoosh, in comes the Discovery Channel and we're going to have a show. <laughs> Everybody wants to see this. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and it just sat there. It just sat there. So, you know, after about eight months of trying to get anybody to look at the pilot, we were like, and, and we'd had the pilot produced for us. We like scraped money together and, got an editor and did all these things and then we're like oh maybe we'll we'll create a website so i built a website out of iweb you know and 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 we started blogging and then finally we just grabbed some old camera gear we're like why don't we just do this on our own and a, a friend of ours who had who had worked for years at hbo said what you guys really need is content you just need to shoot just put together 20 30 episodes and put them up short episodes so we started shooting and oh my God, those are terrible. That's so bad. 
They're so bad. But that is but full of good intention. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and that's three hundred and fifty plus episodes ago. Wow. Wow. All video. All video. And once, oh my once gosh. we once we started shooting, we just realized first of all, how much we loved doing it but also how great the stories were and how much fun we were having meeting these people. And there were stories that a lot of people weren't hearing. So we just kept going against all good sense. <laughs> and we, we happened to be lucky enough to be in a couple times in the right place at the right time. We, in 2011, as part of a, a trip that was funded by a, a restaurant chain that was that had asked us to shoot a bunch of content for them. We happened to be in the north northeast. We were in Vermont. We had met John Kimmick uh, at GABF back in what was it, two thousand seven, two thousand six, two thousand seven, something like that. Um, and we had heard about the Alchemist Brew Pub. Yep. And nice. so we we sat down with John at the Alchemist and with Jen, his wife. And just hung out, and we happened to be shooting. And I'll let Mark tell you the rest of the story because <laughs> we're both sitting there. And it, but it was Mark that asked the question, and this is, I, I just, yeah, Mark, go ahead. Well, there was a there was a water level line on the wall, and um, so I asked, "What's that line?" And he he explained that it, it was the the water level from a a flood from you know decades nineteen twenty eight decades ago. He, you know, he yeah. said, thankfully. We, uh, you know, we don't have to worry about anything like that. And, uh, well, I think you can guess the rest of the story, which was how many weeks later was it, Jimmy? Oh, three weeks no. later. Three weeks later, um, the entire area was flooded. And, um, oh. and that's when he, he lost the original uh, group hub because all of his equipment was in the basement, uh, which obviously was the first to fill and was also not covered under the arcane oh. insurance well, and they didn't, they didn't find that out because on tape, on camera, Mark asked that question and John says, well, I have this high price, I have this high priced flood insurance, so everything should be fine. Three weeks later, Irene buries him under all this water. And two months after that, when they've busted their butts trying to rehab the place, they finally hear from the underwriter, which is FEMA. And FEMA's like, actually, we are going to cover everything from ground level up. <gasps> but everything below ground, which was his entire brewery, we are not covering that. And it was a loss of nearly, what was it, like a half million dollars? Oh, my more? God. At least, yeah. yeah. But, so uh, he's been, I mean, the story uh, has a happy ending because their canning line was just ready to come on, uh, which was down the street and not affected by the flood. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, then they shifted their attention to that. And, what, was it two years ago now? They opened their beautiful new facility uh, um, up there. So, and they are doing amazing things, as you know. And the old Prohibition Pig has uh, is now open under new new management and is thriving and, and making new beer there themselves as well. So yeah. it's, That's awesome. it's a happy story for everyone. But it was amazing that we were there and got on camera discussing something that, you know, three weeks later, sadly... Uh, proved everything that we all thought was completely wrong. Right. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, this this time all his equipment's above ground. Yes. Yes. Did he learn yes. his lesson? Yes. Okay. Oh yes. <laughs> and not on and above ground and not in a floodplain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not in a floodplain. Good. Insurance um, companies are savage. That's the truth. Yeah. Yeah. I used to yeah. work for so, them, so now I, I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Calculated risk and all that. Uh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, but what was wonderful about that whole thing was that it was another 
reassurance to us about just the industry itself, the craft industry itself and how wonderful everybody was. And, you know, so many people loved their beers. Uh, So many consumers just either showed up to help or sent money. Uh, So many other producers lent equipment or, you know, did everything they could to, to bring them out of that, that point. And, uh, you know, and they've never forgotten that. And uh, I don't know, they just, there's some, there's some of the, the best people that we've, and we've come across some great people mm-hmm. and they're some of the best in, in the industry. And they made sure that all of their employees were taken care of. And if they wanted a job when they reopened, that they, those employees had a job and um, they take very good care of, of their people. And they're very conscious of their product and, and their footprint in the world. And yeah. so we're, we're just thrilled that it turned out the way it did. And yeah. They're we some have, of the best people we know in the business. We have very little patience for craft beer fans who uh, tend to, um, kind of bag on craft beer stars. Yeah. Uh, you know, oh, we're the same. Them their, threw them their success just because we know, and you guys know how hard the road was to get there mm-hmm. and how many risks they took along the way. And in John and Jen's experience, I mean, the fact that they not only did that, but many of their employees, their longtime employees at the brewery were their employees at the brew pub. Yeah. They kept them. Wow. You know? They said, We are not gonna strand you guys. Even when the you know, even when the brew pub was flooded and there was you know, these were people they were employing, they were like, We're gonna find jobs for you. We're gonna, you know, if you have that's to amazing. rake leaves outside of the canning line for a couple months until we can figure something else out, we'll do that. But they they kept these people employed and they still have, you know, and that's kind of you know that's the example that we love to lead with in our show just because it's important. That's yeah, fantastic. That's so amazing. Yeah. And uh, those are the stories that they can't really tell about themselves without sounding like they're blowing their own horn. Right. Uh, True. And so many of them are, are, are not that inclined to do that anyway, that that we've decided that, that we'll take that on. We want to tell those stories. For yeah. Them. yeah. That's a great way to word that. And it's such a cool position to be in, too, because it's, I mean, getting to tell the stories of people in your community and places that you love and the beer that you love, too, that otherwise wouldn't be told. Yeah. yeah, it's been a, it's been a heck of a trip. And it's, I mean, you know, who knows where, <clears throat> I think once we finish the Broadway six pack, I think that the Broadway Brews project will go on hiatus for a period of time. Because <laughs> you don't say. Uh, but there's a bunch of other things that we want to do sort of connected to that and sort of growing out of that. And also just get back to our, you know, get back to our, our roots in terms of telling the stories of these people. I mean, as you guys well know, the craft landscape has changed so much in the past couple of years. And it's Big a whole time. different thing now, you know, now with big money in the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's and the markets, some people believing that markets are oversaturated. Mark and I don't believe that that's the case. We don't, mm-hmm. uh, we don't think, you know, I mean, I had a conversation once in Asheville years ago. Uh, and that was when people already at, in like 2010, people were saying, oh, there's too many breweries in Asheville, North Carolina. You know, that was in 2010. Right. And I talked to the one of the, a writer down there who writes for a, a writes for their local paper, and he said, "I mean, I've seen strip malls that have a pizza joint on one end of the strip mall, in the middle of the strip mall, and at the end of the strip mall. True. And if they're all making, and if they're all making great pizza, nobody goes out of business. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, is that strip mall oversaturated by pizza? No. <laughs> exactly. So why do you say that? Why do you say that when it's a brewery? It's, we don't quite understand how that works. And so. why are people trying to tell us there's too much pizza and beer out there? We need more. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> exactly. Who are, yeah. who are these people and where do they come from? <laughs> yeah, send them back to wherever so they go came from. Exactly. <laughs> is, there a, is there a city or a specific brewery you guys want to film at that you haven't yet? Oh, good question. Mark. 
Um, I mean, I'd love to take us over to Ireland and do a, a, a run through Ireland. Yes. That'd be very cool. <laughs> um, which I, I actually was just there this past summer and, and craft beer is taking root in Ireland. Uh, wow. And, you know, they're, they're a little, a little, they're quite a bit behind the States in terms of where they are, but they're popping up in some of the most amazing places. And, uh, and I'd love to, to get their opinions on the intersection of tradition, which is what they've been rooted in for so long, and this spirit of innovation, which is what's now seeping into it, and how the two of them are, are, are dancing their dance. Plus, yep. it's Ireland, and it's beautiful. And right. I think we go there. But yeah. So for, <laughs> so for me, I, be I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys realize this, but Mark is actually Irish. You, oh, I was thinking maybe Swedish, something really Norwegian. <laughs> What gave it away? <laughs> no, I, I also in, Ashley's in also Irish. US, and in terms of the U.S., I think um, it's we've shot in a lot of places around the country, thanks to our our traveling lives as actors. But one of the places that one of the areas of the country that we've never really hit, to our great chagrin, is the Pacific Northwest. Ooh, we've never done Portland. We've never done Seattle. And I, I Portland is amazing. Oh, Portland's amazing. Yeah. And I went to grad school in Seattle and Seattle is where actually, like if I trace my gateway beer, like the, the craft beer that made me aware of, of craft beer, it was Red Hook ESV. All right. Wow. Old Red Hook Brewery. You know, I lived literally down the street as a poor graduate student from the Red Hook Brewery. And they had this thing where, you know, if you took the tour, there was a free sample at the end. And by the time I'd lived there a month, they would only allow me to take the tour once every couple of weeks <laughs> because I was showing up every day or every other day. And I knew the tour script better than most of the tour guides. And I, you know, I was just like, but they were literally like, Jimmy, you can't go. You can't No, Just go home, go home, come back in a month. But so, I, so I would love to go up there and shoot up there at some point. I, on the other hand, went to school next to a large Anheuser-Busch facility. Ooh. And um, even at that young age, they, they, they didn't get to know me. That's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Um, yeah. So that was going to be our, that's one of our questions is your intro beer. So you've got the Red Hook. Um, Mark, what about you? What's your like intro to craft beer? What like beer got you into craft beer? Mine was the Harpoon Winter Warmer. Mm. I, I'll never forget it because it just, it was filled with spice and, and so many flavors that I had no idea could ever be in a beer. And this was, was pretty early on. Um, and, uh, and that, that was the bug that bit me there. Um, yeah, there was no going back. I'd always been much less interested in, in domestic macro lagers. Um, even when they were the bulk of what was on the market, I always sort of, at that point, you called them imports. So I was drinking right. imported beer, um, <laughs> which really meant that I just like Guinness. But, um, <laughs> there you go. But, uh, and I'm from the, the Boston area, so the, the fact that Harpoon was being made in Boston sort of added to the allure for me. And um, yeah, and that, that's the one that did it. It's all their fault. And then I, I had the, I, I grew up in Michigan, so I had the, once I was sort of awake to it, I, and I be, was based in New York and was traveling back and forth to Michigan, it was this sort of slow discovery of a couple of those legacy beers from Michigan and Ohio. So Edmund Fitzgerald Porter from, mm. from, uh, 
Great Lakes Great Brewing Lakes. Company. Uh, and then, of course, uh, anything that Larry Bell was making yes, you know, back in course. the day in Michigan. Oh, my gosh. You know, yeah. Two-Hearted and, and Oberon in the spring and oh, all that Oberon's kind of stuff. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, Two-Hearted was my gateway craft beer. Uh-huh. That's I mean, it's, it is still, even with what all the IPA has gone through in the last several years, <laughs> whenever I taste it again, I'm like, God, that's a good beer. It's so good. Oh, that's good beer. So solid. <laughs> Do you have any more questions, Caroline? I mean, I just didn't. I just want to sit and talk with you guys for a long time. But I know you guys have stuff to do and lives to live. But I mean, this has just been so amazing. Thank you for sitting down. Thank you for talking with us. Um, sure. You guys are up in New York City right now, so it's really great of you guys to call us all the way down here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, well, I just I, before we wrap up, I just I think we both want to say that we're really excited about what you guys are doing. Thank yeah. you. Um, Thank you. And sort of your where you are thematically and, and what you're doing with your show. And I think it's a voice that's, that's lacking and a voice that, that we, you know, that the craft beer industry needs it more and more and more of, you know, and, and we, I mean, we really like your show. So, you know, Thank mutual, you. mutual admiration society. We, we really are excited to see what's next for you guys yeah. as well. Thank you so much. Do you guys have any, um, I mean, since you, you guys have been doing this for 10 years and you've got 350 episodes down, do you have any advice for us since it's our first year? Like what can we do to increase our likelihood of having the longevity that you all have? You first, Mark. <laughs> Keep going no matter what. Keep going. Uh, we, we've we've come across many people over the years that that were friends and colleagues who who dipped their toes in and and some stuck around a little longer than others. But um, but most of them, if not all of them, at this point have sort of drifted away to other things, which is fine. Um, but you know, if you love it and you love the stories that you're finding, just keep going and don't take no for an answer. Awesome. I love that. And, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And don't get caught up in, don't get caught up in the quality, uh, uh, the quality trap, which is, you know, we've had so many episodes that we were like, oh, it's just I, the edit's not good. The this, the that it's, uh, it's sort of meant, but you know, I have four other episodes in the can and I really want to put this out. Here. Don't just put out content. Don't let the quality trap stop you from, from your schedule, whatever you decide your schedule is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to put out something every couple of weeks and every month, whatever. Um, and yeah, just one foot in front of the other and don't, don't worry about the tally of it all until you get down the road a little bit. And then you turn around and go, Oh my God, I've done how many episodes, you know, yeah. just make wow. content and just keep talking. Awesome. That's great advice. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. We're huge fans. We're so, so, so excited to be able to talk with y'all. And see what you guys have coming up, what streaming service and all of them. the next two so beers. We will, we will be sure and include you guys on that. And if there's yeah. any, Thank you. Any, love we can, any love we can throw your way as, as far as, you know, getting your audience in on that, you know, sort of thing, <clears throat> discount, blah, blah, blah. We'll, we'll see if we can make that happen. Awesome. So. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. We will definitely be yes. in touch. And okay. then, um, yeah, thank you guys so much. Anytime you come to Atlanta, you're always welcome to hang out with us. Look We've got to an Atlanta beer bus and take you guys around and all kinds of good stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. Sounds great. Awesome. Thank have you. A great day. Thanks again. Y'all have Appreciate a great it. one. Thank you so much. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.
Thank you all so much for listening. To find out more about Mark and Jimmy and watch all 300 plus episodes of The Happy Hour Guys, visit thehappyhourguys.com. If you haven't listened to our episode with Ben Crawford, make sure you check it out. We had a lot of fun. Amazing projects like Broadway Brews remind us that despite being absolutely delicious, beer can also be a positive impact on causes that matter. This year has been a rough one for a lot of people. And for the rest of the year, we encourage you to pay it forward. Give to a charity that means a lot to you. Donate toys or clothes to those in need. Hell, buy someone a beer. Spread the love. We love you. Happy holidays. We'll see you in 2019. Cheers. Cheers.